Romans chapter 16. The title of my message today is The Family That We Don't Want in the Church. The Family That We Don't Want in the Church. Now that sounds terrible, but Tommy, aren't we supposed to welcome everybody? Well, not this one family that I'm going to introduce you to. Now, I'm going to admit this message here, this isn't a, it's not an original. Um, I remember my dad, he preached this years ago when I was a kid. And, but it was so fitting with our theme of sending the labors because, you know, as I'm preparing messages and I'm thinking about many of the things that stop people from getting involved, I, I kept thinking about this message. I kept thinking about that family that usually will come into a church and cause everybody not to want to participate and not to want to, not to want to do anything. And Tommy, I want you to uh, go uh, get this family for me. They're actually here today. Uh, I hope you all won't laugh at my um, uh, craftsmanship here. Um, my wife and kids help me with a lot of it. But this family is known as the Tater family. And you can see them. Go ahead and put them up there on the communion table. The Tater family. Now, I said I got scared to death. You won't believe this, but just a couple weeks ago, I talked to somebody that said they might come visit the church. I was scared they were going to come today. And their last name was Tater. And I thought, well, what am I going to do then? <laughs> and, and so um, when we talk about not wanting the Tater family in our church, it's not the Taters from here in town, all right? It's these people right here. You might think, you know, okay, now what does this mean? What can you be possibly talking about here? Well, let's go to Romans chapter 16 first before I introduce you to these individuals in the Tater family. Romans chapter 16 in verse 17 says, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned and avoid them. For they are, uh, for they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. You know, there's going to be people that are going to come into the church that sometimes we might have to point out and say, listen, what they're teaching is wrong. They're spreading heresy in this church. They're deceiving people. And sometimes you, you do. You got you to mark them. You got to point them out. Folks, you might want to stay away from that person. And thankfully, I haven't had to do that. I haven't had to call anybody out from the pulpit. And I don't ever want to have to do anything like that. But we want to make sure we kind of head these things off before they come. And these people, obviously, they're not real people. This isn't a real family. This is you know a bunch of taters uh, that we see right here. But they represent really different types of people. And we might have some like that here uh, that are here today. They represent different types of people. That, and really, the way they work, they kind of recruit. All right, they will, they will come in and any of us can be one of these people if we're not careful. And this first one here, I want to introduce you to. This is the father of the family. I don't know if you, his His name is Dictator. Dictator. You'll notice his little Hitler mustache that he has going on right there. And I thought about putting some swastikas on him. I thought that might be offensive. Might get the wrong idea. But Dictator. Dictator, he's somebody that comes into the church. Sometimes he just wants to be in charge of something. Not so he can serve, but he just wants to be the boss of people. He likes to elevate himself and he likes to show everybody else just who's in charge. In 3 John chapter 1, verse 9, they had a dictator in their church there that uh, John uh, calls out. It says, I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes was his name, 
who loveth to have the preeminence among them, receiveth us not. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds which he doeth, prating against us with malicious words, and not content therewith, neither doth he himself receive the brethren, and forbiddeth them that would, and casteth them out of the church. Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. You know what? If we're not careful, we're going to let dictator come to our church. And when he comes, he's going to see people that he doesn't like. He only wants a certain type of people in the church. Kind of like Hitler. He only thought a certain type of people should be alive on the world and made it his mission to go and eliminate the world from those kind of people. And if we're not careful, dictator's going to come into the church. He's going to want to be put in charge. He's going to want to be lost. He's not a servant. Okay? Yeah, he's not a servant. And God wants servants. Alright? The pastor, he's a minister. He's a servant. We're not dictators. We're not here as lords over God's heritage. But dictator might come in and he, he'll just run people out. Hey, I don't, I don't like those people. I don't like their personality. And he wants everybody to be like him. And he just wants to be the boss, wants to be in charge. And let me tell you, that is not what church is all about. That's what church, that is not what church ministry is all about. If you end up getting, if you have a position in the church, it's not so you can boss people around. It's not so you can just get your way in the church and have everything that you want the way you want it. God has called us to be servants. He's called us to minister to each other and to love one another and forbear one another. But dictator, he's just, that's not his thing. He's not into that. And dictator, we're going to introduce you to his wife. This is his wife, hesitator. Hesitator. She, uh, she's very common uh, in the church. You know, that she represents those who just like to wait for everything. They like to wait to get saved. They like they hesitate on getting saved. Maybe they hesitate on getting baptized, becoming a church member, or maybe just getting involved. They always talk about serving God. They talk about doing things. They talk about giving their heart to Christ. They talk about maybe taking a Sunday school class. They talk about singing a special in church, but they're always, uh, I'm going to do it later. i got a lot going on right now. I'm just going to put this off for a little while. And let me tell you, when Hesitator comes to the church and she starts getting other people to hesitate with her, it's just going to slow everything. It slows everything down. Listen, if, something, if God's will for something, we don't need, there's no reason to put that off. Colossians chapter 6, verse 1 says, we then as workers together with Him beseech you also that ye receive not the grace of God in vain. For He saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We use that verse a lot talking about salvation. Hey, if the Lord's speaking to your heart about salvation, today's the day that you ought to get that taken care of. I wouldn't recommend waiting it off. You can put it off. And you still might be okay. Some people get saved on their deathbed. But, I wouldn't recommend hesitating when it comes to your salvation. This is also talking about labor here. And working together when it comes to serving God. We don't know how much time we have on this earth to serve God. Hesitating is something that we don't want to do. Don't put off doing what you already know is the right thing to do. That's something the hesitator likes to do. 
And if we're not careful, we're going to have some hesitators. We might have some people that are hesitating to get involved and they're hesitating to, to live for God. And there might be somebody in here today that you're hesitating on giving your heart to Christ. Don't do that. All you have to do is read the newspaper and read those obituaries and many times you'll see people in there that probably weren't expecting to die. They died in a car accident. Something completely unexpected happened. We don't know. Don't hesitate. But then we have one of the children here we see in the church. Notice the big smile on that one's face. This one, that we could have done a message on each one of these taters, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to do that. They'd all gotten around by them. But this one here looks happy. Everything, everything looks good. But her name is Imitator. Imitator. Now, Imitator, she just pretends that she's part of the group. She's never been saved. She's struggles living like a Christian simply because she's not a Christian. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but they that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? That sounds like a Christian. And in thy name have cast out devils. That sounds like something a Christian does. And in thy name done many wonderful works. That, that sounds like a Christian. But it says in verse 23, And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Uh, sadly, there's going to be people that are going to come through the church that are just imitators. They're, they've never really received Christ as their Savior. Boy, they look like it. They act like it. They, I mean, they know how to walk the walk and talk the talk, but they've never really received Christ in their heart. And without Christ in your heart, you're nothing but an imitator. You, we might think you're the best Christian in this church. Everybody might look up to you and think you're great. Boy, you look happy. Imitator, she looks happy. But inside, there's something wrong. There's something missing. She's only imitating. It's not the real thing. And we, I say, I hope that what you have, it's the, I hope it's the real thing. I hope we're not just here imitating. We want it to be the real thing. But imitator, she's just faking. And then... The fourth one that we have here said his name is Rotator. Rotator. What is what Rotator? What does that mean? What does Rotator mean? Rotator, he can't decide what he believes in or what church he should go to. He's very inconsistent and you just can't rely on him. This week, he's a Baptist. Next week, he's going to be a Catholic. The week after that, he's going to be a Mormon or a Muslim. He can't figure out what he believes. He can't, even when he's in church, he can't figure out, if, you know, whatever church he's going to at the time, he can't decide if he's going to be there or not be there. He can't, he tries to get involved. He'll try one thing and is in it for a little bit and then gives up and is doing something else. He's just always in and out of everything. Just constantly rotating. No consistency. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2, we see a verse there in the Bible that is very important. Something that God is looking for. When it comes to servants, when it comes to, another word is stewards. Okay? Everything you have, it belongs to God. God has given you your life, your health, your wealth, your abilities. They are His. And we are stewards of something that God has allowed us to use. And the Bible says, moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Well, God wants faithfulness 
and His people. He wants consistency. We need faithful people. The problem with rotators, you, you, you can't depend on Him. He's constantly just in and out. If, if you give Him something to do, you don't know if He's going to be there to show up to do it. You don't know if you can count on Him. I don't know if rotator is going to be in church this week. He might be out of church. He might say, you know what, I don't want to be a Christian anymore the next week. And then the next week, he's back in church again and just constantly in and out and can't decide on anything. He's a rotator. We don't want to do that. We need to figure out what you believe and then stick to it and just be faithful. Just be faithful to the house of God. Be faithful to the work of God. If God calls you to something, just stick to it. Don't give up. Stay faithful. There's a lot, I can tell you all kinds of stories about rotators, just people in and out. And then we have this next one. This is a big one that happens in church. Number five, this is spectator. Spectator. Now, spectator, uh, Jason made this one. He was pretty proud of it. He's kind of got some crazy eyes there. Uh, not really sure what that's all about. But spectator, he just likes to watch everything. Okay, He's not going to get involved he just wants to watch what everybody else is doing. James chapter 1, verse 22 says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. And for he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh unto the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. You know, a spectator, the problem with spectator, if you just sit around and you are watching what everybody else is doing, you're going to get disappointed quite a bit. Because you know what? Spectator here, he doesn't have any perfect people to look at in this church. They've all got problems. They've all got, she's got like two sets of eyes on here. That's why it looks weird. But spectator, that, it's kind of like in a, you know, we're all spectators maybe when it comes to sports and things, all right? In a football game. I mean, how many of you have ever done that before? You're watching a football game or a basketball game and you start screaming at the people that are actually out there playing the game. Like, what's wrong with you? You know, what's wrong with you, you dummy? Why did you, why did you miss that pass? The guy was only 80 yards away and you couldn't throw the ball that far. I know you had three, you know, 400 pound guys chasing after you, but you couldn't make that pass. You couldn't hit that 95 mile an hour ball. What's wrong with you? You're the worst player ever. And boy, spectators, all they do is just watch and they never actually get involved. And let me tell you something. There's only, you're not going to get that blessed just spectating. See, I, I, I enjoy spectating sports. I, I like watching. But you know, I have more fun when I'm actually playing and I can get involved in the games. There's been many times I've watched a basketball game and I'm seeing my team just get destroyed and I just want to get out there and and get involved. But I've also seen my team win. And I've enjoyed watching that, but I guarantee you they're enjoying it a lot more than I am. Those that are doing are always going to be enjoying and getting more blessed than those who are watching. But spectators, they're going to come along and many times the spectators, they make everybody else nervous. Well, I don't want to, you know, obviously, you know, we all, we all have to spectate to a certain ability. You know, right now you're kind of spectating on me a little bit, I guess, and I thank God for that. I'm glad I'm not preaching uh, to empty pews. Uh, it's, a, it's a huge blessing, but sometimes people, they get scared of those spectators because they're all watching, especially if it's a spectator with a critical eye that's just critiquing everything and pointing out every 
flaw that they have. But a lot of times people, they'll get nervous. They don't want to get up and sing. And maybe many times the very spectators, they could be doing those things themselves, but they just, they want to watch everybody else do, they want to watch everybody else do the work. I tell you, I love seeing things get accomplished when I don't have to do it. I love it as my boys get older. Now I can watch my grass get mowed instead of me mowing my grass. That's a bless, that's a blessing. <laughs> I'd rather spectate on some of those things. But let me tell you something. When it comes to the house of God, when it comes to serving God, we don't want to just be spectators. We want to be doing something. We want to be a part of it. We want to get involved. But spectator, you're not going to be able to get him involved to save his life. He's just going to watch and see what everybody else does. And then there's spectator. Uh, after spectator, you have his brother, who we're going to call him commentator. Okay. Now let me tell you something about spect- spectators. You know they're not. Like I said, spectators are a blessing. You like. It's nice having an audience if you're, you know, playing in a sport. It's, it helps having an audience. You want the spectators there. Uh, they they can be a blessing. Okay. In the church, we need more than just spectators. We need people to get involved. But these are the ones that are prime here. This is commentator. Okay, commentator that just wants to comment on everything. They're kind of like spectator. They're always watching, but they're commenting on everything. Well, that wasn't a very good message you preached today. I mean, your little tater people weren't very creative. Uh, I had some hair for them, but I left them here and weren't able to put them on. Uh, I think it would have probably looked worse anyway. But they they comment on everything. Uh, Your song didn't sound very good. I I think you... uh, you know, didn't sing very good. That song was a little out of your range. I heard your voice crack a few times. I mean, just commentating on everything you do. And, and commentators, I'm telling you, you know, they're, it's nice having them sometimes in these sports games, but I respect the ones that have actually been athletes more than the ones that never were. Like if some of these radio guys that just all they do, their job is to talk about sports and to talk about how terrible everybody did. And these guys, they've never played in a real football game in their life. They've never played in a baseball game. But boy, they're the experts though, aren't they? They know everything about it. People give them... I mean, they respect them. The news companies are always wanting to interview them and hear what they have to say about that game. And then they'll go and just criticize and just run their mouth. And many times, it really will get to some of the players. We see the same thing in politics. There's all kinds of commentators... You know, I mean, it, it blows my mind how many people are out there that pretty much their job is to go and pick on everything that the politicians are doing, and some of them have never held office anywhere before. And listen, I'm not sticking up for the president, but I mean, you think about, well, you know, let's just go ahead and give them the fact that right now there's only, what, four people living that have ever been president? All right, two Bushes, Clinton, Carter. I think that's it. That's it. There's, there's four that actually have an idea of what that guy's going through. But think about all the commentators that are out there about him. I mean, hey, I do it myself. Why would the president do that? What's wrong with that guy? If I was president, hey, we, we all we do that. We commentate. Hey, if I was a pastor of the church, I'd have done that. If I'd have been singing a special, I'd have done that and just commentate on it and just... Make the people that are many times actually doing the work, that are actually out there trying, feel terrible, and at the same time, too, scare other people from wanting to get involved. 
Maybe we have a commentator here in the church. Maybe commentator is the dad and the family and commentator. He's always running down everything that the preacher does. He's running down all everything that the singers do or whatever anybody's doing in the church. And maybe, maybe commentator in the church, he's got a son or a daughter that would like to get involved. Maybe they'd like to sing a special. But they hear dad always saying terrible things about people in the church and what they're doing. And they're thinking, you know what? I don't want people saying that about me. I don't want people criticizing me like that. Maybe he's got a son thinking, I'd like to be a preacher someday. But he hears all the horrible things that his dad is saying about the pastor and his messages. And boy, I wouldn't ever want to make my dad feel that way. I wouldn't want to disappoint him like that. And many times commentators, when they get in the church, they scare everybody else from wanting to get involved and participating. And so you've got to be careful with that. Listen, I'm as opinionated as anybody. Okay, I'm a pastor. Okay, we're usually pretty opinionated. And, but we've got to learn sometimes when to just keep our comments to ourselves and just say, you know what? Bless their heart for trying. Thank God somebody's out there giving their best, that somebody's willing to do it. So I commentate on sports, uh, I commentate on politics all the time, and I'll, I'll be the first one. You know, to maybe speak out against something I don't like the president that he, that he does. But you know what? I've never even ran for president and don't plan on it <laughs> because I don't want that job. But boy, we're all, we all want that commentator job, don't we? But we love it if the news companies called us up, hey, we'd like to give your comments on the president. Oh, I'm sorry, but I've never been a president. I don't feel qualified to comment on that. Nobody ever says that. Well, absolutely. And then not only are these commentators, they get so stuck on what they say, then if the president doesn't do what they say, well, they take it personal. How dare that president not listen to me? And from then on, he's their enemy forever because commentator just can't handle it that somebody disagreed not with what he does, but just with what he said. And, boy, commentators, they're everywhere. And then notice next to commentator... We have another one that looks just like them. These two are twins because they work together and they, they just walk hand in hand. And this one is agitator. Agitator. Okay, you got commentators that are always talking about things, but then there's agitators that are out there. People that just are out there to get other people fired up and to get other people upset and to make them mad. And you know what? There's people that make, that are going to come in this church over time that are agitators. And something's going to happen. They're going to come into church and they're not going to like something that happens. There's going to be something that does not go right along with what they believe and how they think things ought to be done. Now, maybe, maybe I get up and I preach a dud. I preach a crummy message. And they're like, you know what? Boy, the pastor, he preached a terrible message. And you know, I, I don't even think he hardly studied at all for that message. You know what? That's just terrible. We all take time out of our busy schedules to come to church every week. And pastor, just waste our time by preaching us a dud message like that. Man, that makes me mad. And you know what? I'm going to make sure it made everybody else mad too. And then you got somebody else that you know. Hey, they maybe they got something out of it. They maybe they were they didn't. Maybe they got absolutely nothing, but they weren't upset. But agitator, he's got to go around to everybody else in the church. Man, can you believe pastor preached that message? That was ridiculous. That was boring. 
And man, I can't handle this. And then all of a sudden, Brother Manasseh, he's like, you know, that was kind of bad. You know, and and he, he wasn't even really thinking about it before, but an agitator came and got him all upset. I can't stand when he does that. I can't stand when he sings. I, 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 don't, I can't stand the way he sounds. And his voice does this and he makes his faces. And, and all of a sudden, he never even noticed it before. But the next time I get to sing, now he's agitated too. Because, man, he does do that, doesn't he? he does. I'm not going to name any of my problems because just in case you haven't noticed them, I don't want to be that one agitating you against me. But agitator is very much like commentator, except he gets mad easy and wants to make everybody else mad too. Whatever he's feeling, everybody else needs to be feeling it too. And Proverbs chapter 6, verse 19, we see a verse in there. Proverbs 6, 19, I didn't put that one out. I'll turn over there. But agitators, they just, you know, have you ever heard the statement before, misery loves company? And it's true. In Proverbs chapter 6, verse 9, it says, Oh man, I did the wrong verse again. Oh, 19. I'm sorry, verse 19. 6, verse 19. A false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. Right there, that's the last one mentioned. The Bible says, These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are abomination of that seventh. He that soweth discord among the brethren. An abomination is something that makes God sick. And when God sees agitator coming to the church and starts agitating other people, people who were fine. I mean, they came into church. They were happy. They loved the Lord. They loved God's people. And they left the church, leave the church that day all upset. Now not liking God's people. Now they've left agitated because agitator came in and he sowed discord among the brethren. And now the church isn't a happy place anymore. Now there's arguing and fighting going on in the church. Now there's people just having bad attitudes. And I'm telling you, that stuff can spread fast if we're not careful. And I'm telling you, with them agitators, you know, a good way to get them quiet. If they come up, they're compla- maybe they're complaining. I don't think so-and-so does a very good job you know, in their Sunday school class. Well, how about you try Taking a Sunday school class. That'll shut up agitator real quick. I don't think Pastor did a very good job preaching the message. Well, why don't you see if he'll let you preach sometime? <laughs> I'm doing that. I don't like that singer. They don't sing very good. How about you sing the next special? Pastor's always looking for somebody to sing specials. How about you do the next one? Well, I don't sing. Well, no, but you can go and you can comment on what everybody else is doing. And you can get everybody else upset about how they do it. You, sir, are an agitator. And you know what? Get a mark and put a mark on them. No, don't do that. But I mean, you know, hey, Bible says mark them. They cause those offenses and they're, they're causing things that are causing problems. Mark them because that is dangerous stuff right there. We don't want agitator getting too comfortable around here. But then, the next one we have, this one is called lamentator. Right, lamentator. Now, there's going to be Challenges that we're going to have to face as a church. Things are going to come up. Not everything. I'm telling you, even if we have the most perfect doctrine in this church, even if we have the nicest people in all of Whiteside County, I mean, even if we, I mean, we, even if we are just the best at everything, there's still going to be problems that are going to come up. There's still going to be challenges. We're still going to need to have faith. But there's lamentators that come along 
And they're always focusing on the negative in everything. They're always panicking about something and always think something bad is going to happen. But you know, 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. But yet, you got lamentators in the church. Oh, I don't know how the church is going to do this. Boy, you know, we had that big boiler thing happen. You know, it's $2,000 it's almost going to cost. There's no way we can pay that. It's going to put us in financial ruin and everybody's panicking. And oh, why do I even give my money if the church is just about to go under financially anyway? And hey, God, God had something worked out the whole time. God had a plan. God had already provided. Something was already in the works that we didn't know about. But lamentator already got everybody despairing. Lamentator got everybody upset and disobedient to God because of their attitude. I don't know how we're going to be able to handle this. Boy, you know, Lamentator comes along and somebody raises their hand, you'd be praying for me. I'm, I'm sick. I've got this problem. Oh man, you're going to die. You're in trouble. There's my, my, my grandma got that and it killed her. You know, there's no way you're going to survive that. Boy, don't you hate those people? Lamentators just get you upset about everything. Always panicking. Always on edge. And boy, they get you that same way too. It's the end of the world. I can't believe what the government's trying to do right now. It's only a matter of time before they're going to have us all thrown in prison. It's only a matter of time before there's financial collapse and we're all, you know, standing in soup lines and, you know, global warming and our everything, you know, the earthquakes and we'll be all lucky to be alive one week from now. And boy, you just people they they get into church and they get everybody stirred up and they get everybody upset, always focusing on the negative. Boy, did you hear Pastor's message? I think he's losing it. I think he's losing his mind. It's only a matter of time. I don't even think he's going to be able to preach anymore. What's going to happen? He's completely lost it. Just lamentating on everything. That we need to understand that that spirit does not come from God. The Bible says God has not given us the spirit of fear. So who do you think probably does give us the spirit of fear? Well, it's probably the devil. Do we really want that his that spirit? that we know comes from the devil being spread in the church. We don't want that. But lamentator will do that. Don't, don't be a lamentator. I mean, have faith, but a power. I mean, that ought to be our attitude. Hey, God can handle this. Hey, this person, we've been praying for them to get saved. There's just no way they're ever going to get saved. They're too wicked. They're going to die and spend eternity in hell. Hey, how about have the attitude of power? Hey, God can save the worst sinner. God save me. There's no reason why He can't save that person. There's no reason. Maybe hey, let's let's pray for him. Well, let's put him on the prayer list. Let's 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 pray that God will do a work. Let's specifically pray real hard every day this week. We're going to pray for this person. That that spirit of power, of love, of a sound mind, a sound mind that comes from God. That's what He gives us. Then the last tater I want us to look at, and this one. Uh, and it's not really like agitator. It might kind of sound like that. But this one, we're going to call him irritator. Irritator. He comes in the church. You know what? When we talk about serving, we're talking about serving people, serving each other. You know what? Not everybody in this world or even in this church is exactly like you. Did you know everybody's going to have something? There's going to be people that are just going to be irritating. They've got little things that bug you. Things that you don't like. Maybe you don't like how they do their hair. You don't like the way they laugh during church. It's annoying and obnoxious. Or you don't like... There's, there's going to be a bunch of irritators. 
And let me tell you something about these irritators. I don't think they're really the problem. I think it's more the irritated that's the problem. Whenever irritators come along, and I think if we were all honest, we'd all probably raise our hand and we're the irritators sometimes. We just we all have different things. I mean, my wife I think she probably loves me more than anybody in here, but I know I irritate her sometimes. But thank God she loves me, so she doesn't throw me out of the house when I do irritate her. You know, my kids, I love my kids like crazy. They irritate me sometimes. Well, I'm trying to sleep in and I hear them all running around like a herd of wild buffalo in the house. Wake me up. That's irritating. But I don't throw them out because I love them. And you know what? We're going to have a whole bunch of irritators that are going to come through the church. And one of the things that we're going to have to do if we're going to be obedient to God is we're just going to have to learn to just love them and not let it get to us. I tell you, it's sad how many people will sit and sometimes will completely get out of church. And you try to talk to them, hey, you know, why don't you want to come back to church? Well, so and so in the church, I, I don't like, you know, they'll, and they'll start complaining about them. This person, they just, they just, they bother me. Boy, they did this. I, I just don't think that's right. You know, you might be absolutely right. Listen, if, Tommy's in here picking his nose every week during church. That's going to be irritating. But boy, I hope you don't leave the church for it. You know, let's talk to him and see if we can get him to stop doing that. You know, buy him a box of tissues. You know, try to help him out. Sit in front of him so you don't have to see it. I mean, there's things that are that are going to come up, and many times people will let that be the excuse for them getting out of the church, and we can't we can't let that stop us. We can't we can't let somebody's little problem that they might have get to us. This irritator, it could be anybody in the church and it might even be everybody in the church. But in Colossians chapter 3, verse 13, the Bible says, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. That word forbearing one another, it's kind of, I guess the term that we would use is Put up with each other. Just put up with each other. You're going to have to remember many times you're going to think, you know how Christ forgave me. I need to do that to other people. You know what? You're going to need to forgive other people in this church sometime. As you come here, there's going to be somebody that's going to do you wrong. That You're going to need to forgive them. You're going to need to forgive me many times. I'm going to need to forgive you sometimes because we can all be irritators if we're not careful. We might not be trying. I don't think anybody really tries to be Irritating. You know, I remember when I was a kid, I tried to irritate my sister sometimes, but we usually grow out of that, I think. But we've got to, we don't, we don't try to be that, but people are going to be irritating sometimes, and you just, you, you get past it, just like you do with your family. You do that with people you love. And in fact, that's a very good sign that you were saved when you're able to, the Bible says, hereby we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. How does that prove anything? Have you met the brethren? <laughs> hey, there's, there's irritating things. But we love them anyway. Why? Because they're our brothers. And we, so therefore we do love them. They are a part of our family. And so I hope you all will remember the, the Tater family. And just remember these people because they're, they're going to come along and said, so not maybe people, but that spirit will come along. And it might 
They might try to recruit you. They might try to agitate you. They might, you might get tempted to be the big shot in the church and to be the dictator and to make sure you're going to be the one that gets rid of all the problem people in the church and just get people that are like you. That is, that's a lot of wickedness. Hesitator, that could be any of us. Imitator, rotator. Boy, be consistent. Find out what God wants you to do and then do it. Don't quit. Spectator, don't just watch. Find a way to get involved. Commentator, said, so don't, don't go putting other people down. Agitator, don't go stirring other people up. Lamentator, don't be panicking all the time. Have that attitude that God can conquer anything, and He can, and I can do all things through Christ, like Paul said. And then irritator. Don't let the irritators get to you. Love the irritators, because you're probably one too. So that, let's all stand together. Head bowed, eyes closed.